Welcome to Extra Credits. Mugga, what are we talking about today? Today we are talking about episode seven of The Last Dance. I had a hard time um, coming up with an actual title for this. Do you guys have anything that you could say as far as if you had to name it other than episode seven? Uh, I mean, it's about his dad. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's one of the major key parts, but it, it I feel like it almost connects the later episodes, eight, nine, and 10 with the prior ones. Cause it's almost in between when it goes to the timeline thing to when he retired, which we'll get into his whole retirement. But, uh, we brought this up on another, uh, another episode. There's a scene where Craig is it Sager? Is that how you say his name? Craig Sager. Craig Sager. He, he basically baits Jerry Krause and they're like, you know, are you aware of all the backstabbing going on? And he quickly says, there's no backstabbing going on. Let me make this clear. There's no backstabbing going on. I, I thought that was a great interview. That's the first time I've ever seen it. Alan, I don't know if you saw it back in the day, but it seems like it was, they were kind of, they knew the tension going on. I wonder if they were trying to bait him into saying something, but it was, it was very intense. But as he's walking off, they say, way to go, Craig. I thought that was kind of funny. you know, Dude, that was like, that was like straight out of the office. The way he just leaves and somebody says, way to go. I loved it. Yeah, but it was like really intense. Like I was like, man, this guy's like really making a point that there's no backstabbing at all. I was like, what the fuck is going on? I have never seen anything like that before. So so it's in the 98 season and they are opening the whole episode off with their first series in the Eastern Conference. Um, it's against the New Jersey Nets. Again, this is different than today's time. Uh, back then, the first series is only a best out of five, which doesn't sound like a big deal, but it really is. To beat a team only three times is easier than four or whole seven-game series. So anything could have happened. The media is at its like end of like, hey, do they have what it takes? Kind of like, it. and it shows that when they actually struggled to beat the Nets in game one in overtime. Um, I don't know anything about this series, Alan. I don't know if you can recall it at all I mean I know you were a big Bulls fan yeah. then. I would watch the finals at this point in my life but uh yeah. like, I guess they struggled in overtime they they like barely beat him and this is actually at home court and the media like took this to another level saying hey is this the Bulls of the old or are we seeing them being dethroned do they have what it takes to win it all um and, and it kind of goes into all that aspect quickly timelines then though to where they're ending their third championship they had mm-hmm. just beaten the uh uh the Phoenix Suns, and uh, Jordan claims that he thought that it was his last game and nobody knew about it besides his father. I, I want to know if you guys actually believe that statement. Do you guys actually feel that he knew that was his last game? Because at this time he is Jordan, uh, icon, all that stuff. Um, and I don't know if he was actually happy anymore at the time. I, I don't know. I don't, what do you guys – thoughts on that he knew that might have been his last game and he actually had mentioned that he told his father he wanted to pursue a career in baseball um and his father said do it I mean what do you, what are you guys' thoughts on that now this is prior to him of what happened with his father but uh but what are you guys thoughts on that yeah no I believe it just because I mean look at the type of person he is like he he says he's gonna do something and he just goes out and does it I think as soon as that idea creeps into his mind he's already set it in motion you know mentally what what it you know what he's going to need to do to achieve that you know whether or not he decided whether or not it was specifically to play baseball is one thing but like he knew like and we talked about it in other episodes where he said like if he could do it again he wouldn't as far as the fame thing he was tired of the media pressure just mm-hmm. he didn't have you could visibly tell he wasn't having as much fun with that third championship and he was just kind of like are we finished are we done yeah like he wasn't even like yeah. celebrating 
And I, I, I'll get into it later on the episode, but there was a guy that actually said I had talked to Jordan prior to the third championship. And not only was he tired, but there was talks of the dream team, the Olympics and all that. And he wanted to finish it out. And he said, well, Bird and Magic never got three in a row. If I get that, it puts me ahead of them in a sitting category. So mm-hmm. I think it, it, it might have all been planned in a sense. But but basically, let's let's get into the uh, let's get into the dark part in a sense. Uh, it starts talking about how great of a person his dad was. Um, one story that really stood out, his dad was the guy that would go find a kid that had no opportunity to see Jordan or whatnot, would drag him after the game, maybe before, but to meet Jordan, just was that guy that was all around. They, they basically said that he wasn't like his dad in a sense. I mean, grew him up and all that, but he was like his best friend at the time. Um, I know we got into the whole Atlantic City uh, gambling thing where they had to go do their own thing and all that. But uh, I, I thought it was, it was really cool how close him and his dad were. And, like, it's almost like he needed his dad, if that makes any sense. Like, his dad had to be around in order for him to have the success that he did. I don't know if you guys want to chime in on anything about that. But it just sounds like he was a great dude, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, his dad was there for every single championship. I mean, the iconic picture of his first championship, him holding that trophy, his dad's in the background. Like, his dad was there for everything. It's just – I, I, what really touched me was them saying about him pulling a fan out, you know, kids out from the and top bleachers. From what I said, that was just multiple. Wow. It was multiple times. Yeah. Like it wasn't yeah. just a Monday thing. Multiple times. Yeah. Yeah. So let's get into the bad part. So after the 93 championship, uh, he started missing. They go into things. I think he went down to North Carolina, right? That's what I got out of it for a trip. And what basically family started getting worried when they didn't hear from, again, and this is prior to everyone having cell phones, anything like that. They did find his car abandoned and stripped. Um, however, he was not in the car, right? Not in the car, but still uncertainty of what was going to happen. I guess they found his body at the border of North Carolina and South Carolina. And what they're claiming or what I got out of the video, he was shot while taking a nap. Um, so, Sad story. Nothing. I mean, there's no way to, for me to describe that. Um, Ahmad, like we talked about, was always with him. They were close. Um, after this has been said, mom kind of basically said, hey, just take this and be thankful for it. And he always quoted his, my dad always said, take a negative and turn it into a positive. Um, we know, obviously, he retired. And I think that was something that really, I guess, influenced his decision on retiring. But before we even get to retirement, there was speculation on why he was murdered or if he was murdered in a sense. Do you guys want to chime in on anything? Does anyone have any theories? I honestly feel, and I'm with the reporters, it's unfair what the media did to Jordan. Hey, your dad just died. And to put it on his gambling debt, um, I do think we should discuss it, though. I wanted to hear your guys' thoughts. Personally, I think it was just a horrible incident. And... I don't want to put it on that end, but I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of curious to hear you guys' thoughts. Well, I mean, like, he he was on his way home from uh, from a funeral, I think, mm-hmm. um, and he was tired, and he pulled over, and these two kids, they were like 18 at the time, they came up, tried to rob him, and uh, he woke up and they shot him. And then they took the car, and then the only reason they really got caught is because um, they used they used the phone in the car, and then when they picked up that it was, you know, Michael Jordan's phone, that's how they found him. So right. like it, it had nothing to do with, um, you know, his gambling. It was just a yeah. coincidence. It was, it was just two kids trying to rob somebody that that's exactly what happened, which, which is 
crazy unfortunate, you know, that of all the people in the world, this is who it would happen to, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I heard that. Um, obviously that was, that was what they were trying to do. They were trying to rob him. And even that they had flagged him down before and they were following him. Um, and that kind of led to the, okay, we're going to rob him now. Um, and from what I heard too, was that it was actually more of an accident that they weren't planning on, on, on killing him, but that in the heat of the moment, it just got all crazy real quick. And then one of the, one of the kids, um, ended up shooting him and the other kid was like, what the hell did you just do? And then it was okay, we got to get rid of the body and then all this crap. So, yeah. So they, they might've realized what they were in and just in over their head. That's kind of what I remember when it was going down. Um, I know there's the whole gambling thing. I'm glad that we're not on that. And I, I think it was very unfair for the media to like really put that on there as a story. But um, if we're, if we're good, we can move on. Um, so now you're getting into, okay, he had just done the three P his father is now, now no longer with him. And he had already had talks with, people close to him that he wanted to retire. So it's out there and he has to have a meeting. I guess he brought it up to the owner. He says, we well, got to talk to Phil first. Um, Phil's quote when he presented him, Hey, think about retiring. He says, you're denying society, your talent. But he said, but I understand. I, I, I mean, can we, that's kind of a bold statement right there. I think that just, I mean, he has the best player of all time or arguably right there wanting to retire. And he's kind of like, Hey, you're denying it, but I kind of get what you're going through. I mean, I kind of got to respect Phil Jackson for saying that. I mean, what do you guys think? I mean, got to be hard to let his star player go. I mean, dude, it's so be- hard, you know, yeah. so hard. I mean, you're on top of the mountain pretty much. And yeah, your star player abruptly just says, hey, I'm, I'm going to move on from the game. Yeah. Like that just, that, that had to have been hard. It almost like he understood, like, hey, I understand why you're doing this. I get it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, he, and it wasn't like he was going to step down either. Hey, I get it. So we get into the whole story got leaked at a baseball game when he was throwing it out. It was a circus at the game. They're trying to get a hold of Jordan and all that stuff. I think it was the White Sox game, right, not the Cubs. Um, But then he gets into, you know, one of his decisions, main thing was his his father saw him play his last basketball game. um, And the thought of him retiring means he could do whatever he wanted. You know, he's now won three championships. And if he ever chose to come back, he could. So I kind of look into that. Alan, you and I play golf together. You brought up that you thought that this is not a retirement. There could have been a situation where there's a indirect um, secret suspension. Uh, they yeah. bring it up in the video. David Stern very adamantly says no. Neither does Jordan. Why would we? I, I, I don't know. Do you guys think it was a secret suspension? Because I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad they. I'm glad they both brought, said that it wasn't. Because uh, there were so many conspiracies out there about his suspension. Um, there's articles out there that state it was 125 game suspension. Um, and that's a weird that, number. Like, why would it be 125? Yeah. It just sounds so far fetched. It's weird. There's just all these different things out there that he secretly suspended him to not ruin the game, considering that his hype was so high at the time that he took basketball to this extra level of being a global you know, association that they didn't want to tarnish it by having him getting, you know, on his gambling aspect. So they secretly suspended him. Uh, there's just all kinds of different things out there, theories and stuff like that. But I'm, I'm glad that they put that out there, that they actually had David Stern say, no, there wasn't. And, and Jordan saying that, no, there was not a secret suspension and whatnot. I like that they did that. That actually was very uh, uh, closing that, that uh, conspiracy or that theory. I mean, so, so I mean, 
I mean, let's, let's look at it this way. Like, like we see people do some really, really fucked up shit and they don't get suspended for anything. Like, so take that into account along with the fact that, you know, the NBA would be losing crazy amounts of money. We know money makes the world go around. That's why so many of these athletes don't really get the full suspensions they deserve half the time. NFL and <laughs> and um like think about it like they just came off of a three-peat they just came off off of a you know pretty much a world tour Olympic gold medal with the with one of the best teams ever put together in Spain so putting those two things in there like there's no way this was a secret suspension yeah you know if anything it would it would raise anticipation for when he's going to return like if you're really going to suspend him, suspend him. And then the hype will be real because people will have a date to look forward to. Mm-hmm. With Michael Jordan, there was no date to look forward to. You got to turn this into a marketing opportunity. If you know when he's going to come back, i.e. suspension, make that a campaign. That's marketing 101 right there. Get people ready and hyped for the day he comes back. So I, I, I completely agree with you, Kerwin. I'm going to even take it one step further. If he knew he was always going to come back, we'll get into this in a second. He went all in on his baseball career, taking his body from a basketball player. If you knew you were going back, why would you ever even do that? Because it showed the first season he went back. Yes. I, personally, I think he was like, I need a break. I'm done. I mean, it's like we see in the later episodes, even in this, it's not easy being Michael Jordan. But, uh, but getting that, one thing I wanted to bring up, I, we haven't given the owner, uh, uh, it's not Jerry Krause. He's obviously the general manager. What's the owner's name of the Bulls still to this day? Jerry Reinsdorf. There you go. Jerry Reinsdorf. We got to give him credit. He actually owns the White Sox, and he gave Jordan his full contract while he was on the White Sox. I thought that was kind of cool. You know, what what do you guys Mm -hmm. think about that? I thought that was really cool that he honored it. Hey, go ahead, let you play baseball. I'll still honor the same contract. I know why. Badass. (laughs) Well, he made money. He also made money right off of it. Well, Well, that, and if he does come back, he doesn't want him pissed off. (laughs) Because yeah. then he'll go somewhere else. <laughs> I'm just saying he still gave him a great contract. But the one thing I did think was funny was um, he had to bring him to Double tri- uh, A as opposed to Triple A. Um, obviously, Jose, you're the baseball guy. That's obviously a different level, right? And what they were saying, anyone that starts off playing professional baseball, you unless yeah. you're a star, you don't go to Double. You go to Triple A, correct? Am I right on that or no? When you start, so when you start, you're in rookie ball. Um, then you go to single A. There's even, I think there's, yeah, there's even like a a level, like in between that, like there's, um, high single A, low single A, double A is actually where all of the top prospects are at. So if you're part of the future, if they see you as that, like you're in double A, that's where you really prove yourself because triple A is more of where, those players that are just not quite there, they've been kind of hanging around for a while. They're the ones that are in AAA. So, yeah, he was put right into the fire. But it was because they knew that there was going to be media and they had to handle all that stuff and everything. Yep. So yep, I, I thought that was great. And then hats off Terry Fancona. Um, he was uh, his manager. I thought that was really cool. That's crazy. I didn't know that. I didn't know yeah. that either. I'm watching this, I'm like, that's Terry Francona. Can uh, I say? Can I say one thing? Yeah. Um, so you know, we're talking about you know Jordan still getting paid. You know, for the 18 months that he's gone, yo, my boy Scotty couldn't get like a a renegotiation. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like that oh. that that probably pissed him off even more. So he's just like, <laughs> oh he's, man, yo, Scotty Pippen is just like, yo, this dude's not even here, and he's getting paid more than me, <laughs> and I'm on the team. 
Like you gotta yeah. you gotta factor that in when you look at how discontent Scotty was with his contract. Yeah, I would I would have been pissed. And then seeing Tony Kuko getting a, a new uh, contract as well, man, that's wrong. Yep. <laughs> so and what did uh I was I was gonna say Jerry Krause. I think I think it was in here where he, where he um where he was uh, introducing Kukoc and he was talking about the number seven and that, 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 yeah, that where he's from, everybody wants to be like Tony. I'm like, Oh my God. Like he was really trying to build him up even that much. So he, yeah, he yeah. loved that guy. <laughs> Let's get back to baseball real quick. Okay. Cause I mean, I know we, this is the last dance we're talking about basketball. He had at the beginning of his baseball career, a 13 game hit streak. I think he was seeing a lot of fastballs, and I, I think if you can time it, this is how I interpret it too. After that, though, they realized he could hit a breaking ball, and then his his rating went down, 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 right, is what I got out of it. I can relate. I was great at baseball all the way up until the league where they introduced pitchers can throw the curveball, and I quickly started dropping down the batting order. So I get that. I, I, I mean, not at a pro level, but I remember – it's one of the hardest things to do in sports is to hit a breaking ball, in my opinion. But you're just like Jordan. you and you and Jose know baseball. What do you guys think? It's not that hard. Come on! No, no, no. I mean, no, 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 no. A curveball, a curveball. Yeah, you you have to practice hitting curveballs. Like, yeah, we had. You just have to practice. Like, yeah, in high school we had curveball machines for a reason. Like, you had to practice hitting a curveball or hitting like a slider. You could even turn it into a slider. Um, but yeah, it's hard because you, you know, you're supposed to sit on a fastball and as soon as you, you see a curveball, like different speed, it's going to go a different trajectory. Like you have to adjust. See, I, I, I disagree with you guys, but you are more knowledgeable about baseball. I was always told if you can't hit the curveball, then don't miss the fastball. And when I started missing it and I saw the curveball, that's when I was fucked. But speaking yeah. of that machine, they said that, Jordan's work ethic was so great. He would actually get on the curveball machine doing all that. And he actually, in the, I think the uh, month of August in that season, started to actually progress. I guess he ended with a 202 batting average and with 50 RBIs. So to me, that's a success in double A your first year. I mean, I, I don't know what you guys think. I, yeah. I even heard rumors from yeah. Terry Francona saying, you give – Excuse me. You give this guy another year, he has a chance at touching the league, but but we'll never know of that, you know. Yeah, I think he had to say that. I mean, it's Michael Jordan. You're not going to yeah. say like, yeah, he ain't going to make it. Um, but I mean, he hadn't played for like what 14 years, and he didn't get the chance to ramp up to Double A. So given that, I mean, I thought it was, I thought it was a, su- a success uh, for yeah. him to be able to do what he did. Because what was he? He was like they- 30, 31 at the time. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's 30, 30, yeah, you're not 20, yeah. in baseball. Like your prime is twenty six, twenty seven. Yeah. Jose, do you think if he if he would have stayed another year, you think he could have made the major leagues? Okay, so I'll be honest. Like I don't remember watching the game, so I can't tell you for sure that you know I saw him play and I saw him hit, but he didn't look so uncomfortable. Like he looked like it was coming natural to him. So I feel like if he could have put another two two years, I think he would have eventually made it. But the mm-hmm. thing is, like, you don't know, like, if he could have actually, like, you know, been an everyday player. And knowing Michael, like, man, if you're not good enough to be an everyday player, he's, he's not going to do it. 
Yeah. So yeah. to piggyback off that, I, I have some friends that are baseball players, you know, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And they said that they disagree with him even giving a shot at trip. Uh, sorry, double A, because there are guys that are waiting, you know, younger than him, and they because he got his yeah. shot. Some guys never got theirs. I I don't even know how to like analyze that. I mean, yeah. Thoughts on that? I mean, did he take away some kids' opportunity just because he was Michael? I Jordan? Mean- they said that there was nobody in, in the outfield at that time that was like the up and coming star. Um, but yeah, it did take away from somebody that maybe wasn't single A that could have been in double A. Um, but you know, we're never going to know. Like I never heard a story of, you know, who knows? Like, I mean that next year, that guy could have gotten his opportunity, you know? So I don't know. It's yeah, hard to say. So after this whole baseball thing goes down, it transitions back to the 98 season they had just won a game against the Nets, but obviously in overtime, uh, Tony Kukoc starts explaining that, like, hey, if you played bad, like, he would call you out. He wanted the best out of you. It shows the whole relationship with him and Scott Durrell, and I think the rest of this whole series shows him, like, just riding Scott Durrell because, hey, I know we'll need you down the road. you got to step it up. Um, now we get into the part where if you listen to talk radio and all that, it really gets into it. Teammates talk about being afraid of him and basically – calling him kind of an asshole slash jerk, which we can talk about that. They understood why he was doing what he did, but they just said they didn't like it. And I even heard the question, could players today play with a Jordan of then? I I think this is open to discussion. I mean, he was the leader. He was the captain, the chief, whatever you want to call him. And he wanted to do whatever it took to win. And if that mean hurting your feelings of you as a teammate, he was not afraid to do it. I, what do you guys think? Is that a good approach? I mean, obviously it worked then. Could it work now? Look at Kobe. I mean, yeah. Kobe was the same way. Kobe would straight up tell people they're getting traded. Kobe, I think he he would pick on, uh, was it Kwame Brown a lot? Oh, yeah. So yeah. did Jordan. So did Jordan. Yeah, so did Jordan, yeah, because they're, on the, they're on the Wizards together, yeah. And then, I mean, even as, even as recent as Jimmy Butler, you know, with what happened in uh, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, I mean, so it's it's not going to work for everybody, but with some people like they have to come at you like that. Like I've had guys on teams that are like that where like, if you're not a hundred percent, they're going to go after you until you are. And sometimes they know you're good enough, but they just want you to prove to yourself that you can do it at the level that they expect you to be at. A lot of the times it's to push people. I completely agree with you. And I feel like that's a sign or characteristic of great leadership in my opinion. So personally, I think so there is a method behind the madness you cannot like who else won six championships who else was able to drive that success sustain that for so long like it's not it doesn't happen like even the lakers the three-peat that was it like they didn't win another three right away so you kind of look at what he did and i think he even said it that he needed to make sure that you could handle the pressure because the pressure that he was putting on you in practice if you could not handle that you're not going to handle the Knicks. You're not going to handle the Jazz. So it was his way of saying, are you going to fight? Like, can you do it when, when it's really tough? And that was his way of, of, of uh, preparing them for that. Great point, Jose. Uh, Alan, let's get into the, the quick thing. It goes to the timeline now of 93 without Jordan. Knicks, they're playing without Jordan. They go down 0-2. They go to a game where they need in, in, in Chicago. Scottie Pippen refuses to, to inbound the ball to Tony Kukoc to get the kudos. I, I want to get in more detail, but I know we're running out of time. What do you guys think about that? Was it bad that Scottie did that? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 
And I had even, a good look. Yeah. Even, even Jordan, all those guys said he'll, he'll never live this down through the media, yeah. reputation, all that. I want to get into how Jordan ends this episode. I mean, he's being called out by teammates. Hey, he was an asshole, a jerk, whatever. Um, but he just said this is the mentality of playing to win. It comes at a price. Um, he ends very emotionally, and he says, if you don't want to play that way, then don't play. And he literally says break as he's tearing-eyed and gets up and walks out of the interview. I, I, I got emotional watching it, man. I, I, I wanted to run through a brick wall, and I'm like, yeah, this, this is why he is who he is. He's that great of a leader. And, like, I, I don't know. Your thoughts? Am I overlooking it? I mean, I don't, I don't know. Well, yeah, the thing he says where he's like um, – where Jordan says, uh, you know, if, you know, I came here to win, like you, you feel that way because you never won anything. And it's just like, um, if you, if you can't, if you can't get on my level or at least meet, you know, my expectations of what it takes to win, then don't play with me. And, and I think, and I think that's fair. Like there are some people whose drive is going to far exceed yours and they may come off as abrasive. They may come off as unfriendly and it's never personal to them. It's just like they objectively know for them what it's going to take. And he even talks about it, how, you know, the new guys are all, you know, lovey dovey and holding hands and fucking, you know, joking at practice and shit. And he's just like bullshit, which is why he got in that fight with Steve Kerr. So I I 100% agree with him, but I, I do see the other side of it. To win, you do have to sacrifice things, and sometimes relationships are going to be part of that sacrifice. And I think, I think the reason he gets emotional is that he probably looks at some of the relationships he might have had, and he realizes that you know his competitive drive might have destroyed or kind of ruined those or made those awkward. Mm-hmm. And he's probably thinking about that as well. Like it's lonely at the top, yeah. man. So, Karen, I'm going to ask you a question, and I want you to answer it at the end of this whole documentary. Are, are him and Pippen still friends? Okay, so I, I listened to an interview. I forget what podcast it was on, but there was an interview where somebody said that um, he is on good terms with Pippen, but they're not, like, the best of friends. Like, him and B- BJ Armstrong are, like, tight, right? But, like, uh, I, 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 for, I forget. No, they are, they are tight in real life. They're, like, best friends. But, like um, – Scotty Pippen, from what I've I, – I totally forget which interview it was on. I, I believe it was on ESPN. But, um, like, somebody said that him and Pippen are on good terms. Like, they, they, they've had a strained relationship, but they are on good terms. But they're not, like, buddies. That's, that's what I got from that interview. I thought B.J. Armstrong was the one that said that he didn't – like, that Jordan was really mean. I thought he was the one that said that. No, he, no, he, he, he said did, that. He expected him still, yeah. Yeah, Horace I, uh, Grant is the one that has beef with him still, as well as yeah, some other Horace Grant. Yeah, yeah I, I, I was listening to an interview with the the director today, actually, and he said that like for a little while the relationship with B.J. Armstrong was a little strained because when he went to Charlotte, he was talking all that crap, you know, after that playoff win or whatever. So you know, there was that competitive divide between them, but like they were never not friends after that. Like they're they're still tight to this day. Alan, I. Why isn't Cliff Levingston on this uh, whole documentary? I have no idea. I love that I guy. Know. He was he was Cliff Levingston. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming on episode seven. Um, episode eight through ten gets really interesting. So mm-hmm. yeah, can't wait for it, man. Thanks, much. So, all right, guys. See you later. All right, guys. Thanks.